Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Today we're discussing page 30 of Alien Hunger. I've got some hot, hot gossip for you, but I cannot tell you yet. We have to follow the format. Here's the deal. Vampire Drama Club. They finally tracked down Science Jaguar, who turned out to be Dr. Liverman, who is a sort of freelance, devil-may-care, biochemist of fortune, who worked with Jacob Prester on some kind of science project. He was like the only person who saw Prester regularly. Vampire Drama Club went to talk to Science Jaguar, but he initially thought they were thieves because his house had just been robbed. They worked out the misunderstanding, and then after they talk it out, Science Jaguar is like, oh, it seems like you guys probably didn't steal my precious science treasure. You know who I bet it was? I bet it was that guy who came around the other day insisting that I sell him my precious treasure. Unfortunately, he gave me his real name, and if you go take this guy down, get back my precious treasure, then I'll let you look at my secret science notes, which how can we turn it down? I'm starstruck. The science notes of Science Jaguar? Let's go fuck up a little dirty man. So we drive down to go fuck up the little dirty man. His name is Robert Klondike. He lives in a shitty little house in a working class neighborhood. Vampire Drama Club, they know this guy's a thief. He's holding a bundle of of secret treasure that he got from Science Jaguar. You have to go into his home to get him. Clearly, this is like a dungeon situation. So Vampire Drama Club is not going to call up Robert Klondike and be like, hey, do you mind if we come by and raid you and your home for loot? They're just going to go bust in. This guy's a loser, but he's a paranoid loser. And so he might put up some kind of a fight. He carries around a heavy pistol and a smoke grenade in the pockets of his coat, which sounds 100% like a thing a weirdo would tell you at a game store in the 90s. I can see the bedraggled man in a duster standing by the counter, annoying the owner at a game store, saying that he lives in a rough neighborhood, but it's okay because he walks around his apartment in his duster with a smoke grenade in one pocket and a pistol in the other, which, I mean, obviously makes you unassailable. So if the player characters don't manage to sneak up on and incapacitate Klondike, then he'll activate his smoke bomb and he'll go and grab. He has this uh, semi-auto shotgun that he'll use. He's also got stakes ready because he does know about vampires. But you know what he's not prepared for? A vampire who's also a fighter slash rogue with stealth, with obfuscate, with the ability to do ag damage in close quarters, with the ability to send his horse ahead to scout, with the ability to disable any traps, pick any locks. Sir Allnut Bloodworth is all over this guy, Robert Klondike. Sir Allnut Bloodworth, on the dungeon crawling front, as on every front, is thoroughly outclassing Robert Klondike. I don't know that he even needs the rest of Vampire Drama Club for this. This is exactly in his wheelhouse. So anyway, Vampire Drama Club, they take down Klondike, and then they search the house, because there's secret treasure here. Now, it does say here in the text where the secret treasure is. It's taped to the inside of the chimney flue. You can only find it if you specifically say you're searching the chimney flue. So no matter, no matter how practiced an investigator your player character is, no matter how thorough, no matter how heightened their senses are, you can't find something hidden in the chimney flue unless you, the player, specify that the character is looking in the chimney flue. And if you do look in the chimney flue, then you've got to make a wits plus alertness roll against difficulty eight to find it. Still, you could miss it in the chimney flue. It's pretty dumb. And if you don't make the roll and you don't find the secret treasure, you may reasonably assume that it's been taken somewhere else or you were lied to by Science Jaguar, and you might just move on, and then nothing else is ever going to come of this situation. And that's pretty dumb. But it's not the dumbest thing in this page. 
let's assume that Vampire Drama Club, between Marcus's heightened senses and his ability to use psychometry on things uh, that are important to Klondike to kind of like find out where this treasure is that Klondike cared so much about. Uh, Sir Bloodworth is good at searching the environment. Flash seems like the kind of guy who would know where you want to hide drugs in your house. Altogether, let's assume Vampire Drama Club, they manage to finally check out the chimney flue and they pull out the secret treasure. There's some behind the scenes stuff in the text about how the storyteller can determine the exact contents of the secret treasure depending on the player characters. But let me tell you what Vampire Drama Club finds. It's a package taped to the inside of the chimney flue. Once they pull it out and open the package, inside is a wooden box. It's a test tube box. There are two tubes containing a clear, thick liquid. Two tubes containing white powder. One empty tube. There are nine vials of what appears to be blood. There are labels. Let me get the boring ones out of the way first. Quote, the vials of clear liquid are labeled antibody number one test and antibody number two test. The vials of white powder are labeled residue one and residue two. The empty tube is unlabeled. That brings us to the vials of blood. Each one has a biohazard symbol on it, and they are labeled sequentially, serum number one through serum number nine. Now, six of these numbered serums have an additional label as I read the text. It's a little unclear. They are labeled Bruja, Caitiff, Gangrel, Setite, Toreador, and Ventru. Interesting, Vampire Drama Club will probably say. We know these words from that chat we had with Edward. Maybe these are our vampire clans. Monica is clearly a Ventru, the power-hungry ones. Flash is clearly a Bruja, the rebellious, angry, deadly ones. Sir Bloodworth, with his long-extendable blood-sucking tongue, is whatever clan is beloved of horses. We don't know that one yet. We still have much to learn about this world of darkness. I don't know. Based on this vial, there's, there must be a Setite running around town somewhere. Let's go find him. Grill him for information. Because that clan is pure evil, as we all know, by reputation. Now that leaves three vials of blood without any additional labels. They're just labeled, you know, serums numbers one, two, and three. The lack of these labels is potentially denying many groups the biggest, dumbest reveal in this adventure. And that in itself is pretty dumb, but I am not going to let this story end that way. So here's what happens to Vampire Drama Club. They find these serums, right? They're in vials. Obviously, these are for drinking, right? Either you drink them or you shoot them up. So you do something it's like the way we found these in a wooden box in a chimney flue. These are not for boring years of laborious observation science. These are for drink this and see if you turn into a bat science. And anyway, these vials were clearly important enough to Klondike for him to carry around a smoke grenade all the goddamn time about it. They're important enough to Science Jaguar for him to send us on a fetch quest to go get them from Klondike. They must be related to whatever Prester was working on, and that seems to have been important. These things are important, and Klondike cared a lot about them. And when an NPC cares a lot about something, that's when the vampire player character with Auspects rubs their hands together. Psychometry, baby. Little did the storyteller consider that when they created non-player characters with strong motivations and emotional centers, they were setting themselves up for the oldest trick in the book. They were signing the death warrant of their own plot. Klondike cared enough about these goddamn serums that we can definitely get a read and find out some additional information about what Klondike was up to, what he perhaps happened to notice in a moment of high stress and drama, which in this case, the book doesn't say this, I'm saying this, in this case is a key to a safe deposit box that he found when he was originally rooting around in Jacob Prester's stuff the night of the fire and got the information that led him to Science Jaguar's place to steal the serums. 
It's a stretch, I know. This is a key that he saw that's identifiable as a safe deposit box, and that conveys to Marcus when Marcus does psychometry on the serums, and that's when Marcus realizes that that little financial tidbit about Jacob Prester having a safe deposit box at the whatever the fuck bank of Denver, that is important. We got to go to that bank. Even though there's nothing there but the valuables and possibly money of a recently deceased stranger vampire whose murder we were recently investigated for. So maybe not a great idea to go hit up the bank for a safe deposit box and take all his stuff. But anyway, now that we've seen the safe deposit key, Vampire Drama Club has uh, an excuse, a reason, that's what I meant, a reason to go to the bank and get up to some kind of bullshit. There's going to be something in a later page about this. We don't need to get into the details of how they get to the safe deposit box, but they get to it and they open it up and goddamn, there's some crazy shit in the safe deposit box, which we'll also talk about later. But what there also is in the safe deposit box is a second wooden box, also a test tube box, which contains the identical test tubes, except that the three unlabeled serums one, two, and three are labeled in this set. And one of the labels has the initials of all those uh, humans that we woke up with in the basement. Remember all the delicious humans, including Monica's husband, Vincent, all their initials are on this tube. And then there's another tube labeled neutral. And then finally, serum number one is labeled George slash L Pasteur, because Jacob Prester is Louis Pasteur, everybody. Undead Louis Pasteur. He is the source of all our woes. We've been pasteurized. We've been pasteurized to fuck throughout this adventure. He got us. Louis Pasteur, he faked his own death. He became a vampire. And he's been doing, with his chemical genius, chemical research into the nature of vampirism low these many years. He's been working with Science Jaguar, but this began, you know, many, many years ago. And the events that brought us to that particular night when Louis Pasteur died in a fire in a gothic mansion, and we almost died in the basement until we found a secret passage that led to the sewer, and then we slaked our thirst on a Good Samaritan hot dog and ran off into the night, remember that? That all happened for reasons that are fucking nuts, even for a thing to happen to vampire Louis Pasteur in Denver, Colorado. The reveal is on this page for the reader, like for the storyteller reading this book, the reveal is on this page. I mean... The book is very clear beforehand. It gives you the information as a reader that Jacob Prester is Louis Pasteur. But the part where the players find out is described on this page. But the label that tells them is not on the set of tubes at Klondike's place, where the plot leads them. It's only on the set of tubes in the safe deposit box at the bank that they'll only know about if they, for some reason, decided to research Jacob Prester's finances did so well at that that they learned that he has a safety deposit box at the bank, as well as Swiss bank accounts and blah, blah, blah. They decided to hone in on the safe deposit box, and they either broke into or social engineered their way into the bank to get unauthorized access to the safety deposit box to find that set of tubes. Only then did they find out that this whole adventure is about fucking undead Louis Pasteur. You cannot hide that under a bushel, book. Keep it a secret at first. Yes, of course, it makes it better. But eventually, someday, somehow in this adventure... The players have to find out that they are the adopted vampiric progeny of Louis Pasteur. You, you can't have that be a thing about all the player characters and they never find it out. Why, 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 why is that label not on the vial that's in Klondike's place? Letting us miss the fact that Jacob Prester is Louis Pasteur would be the dumbest thing in this page if this weren't also the page where we find out that Jacob Prester is fucking Louis Pasteur. That's the dumbest thing in this page, and we don't even have time to cover it in this episode. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to take a quick break from the pages of this book, and I'm going to do a regular episode. The next one is not going to be about a page in this book. It's going to be the big reveal episode. It's going to be where I go back to the spoiler material that we've had on previous pages, 
and we do a Highlander-style flashback to the saga of Louis Pasteur that led us inexorably to the first scene of Alien Hunger. Join me next time for that on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time. <laughs>